Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, Election Tuesday, November the 3rd. We have a lot to cover this week, so let's go. City of Champions, LA, I told y'all what's happening. The World Champions, you have the Dodgers, you have the Lakers. Is it looking like 88 all over again? Shaq released his starting five. Are they unbeatable? Will the NBA start before Christmas? But first, Monday Night Football with Tampa Tom versus Danny Dimes. So we're going to have a lot of fun this week. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. And we start here with Monday Night Football. When you saw it on the schedule and you were like, this is going to be a snooze fest because just last week, Tampa Tom put in that work and you had the five and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers squaring up against the one and six New York Giants. And we're like, oh my goodness, it's going to be another blowout. It's going to be one of the worst games in Monday Night Football history. It's going to be complete demolishing of the Giants, but goodness gracious, were we in for a surprise. The Giants actually were leading at halftime 14 to six. The Giants' defense was just looking unstoppable. Um, they had Tampa Tom looking like Tom Brady in, in the Super Bowl against the old Giants. <laughs> against, against It's like the ghost of, of Eli Manning is just haunting Tom Brady no matter where he goes. They were really giving him the business until late. Tom Brady was moving that ball in the fourth quarter and he had a chance to put the game away but they could only muster up a field goal in the late minutes, giving Danny Dimes some time to make some moves. And they moved all the way down the field to bring the game to 25 to 23. All they needed was a two point conversion. They could move the game into overtime. However, big stop late and the game was over. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat, barely edging out the New York Giants to to win moving up six to two and the Giants falling one to seven 25 23 and what we thought was going to be a snooze fest, snooze fest but not so fast so the game was pretty interesting was a shocker that it was but hey we got all of us got our money's worth so let's go ahead and take a look at all the other games <clears throat> this week this past week let's take a look let's take a quick look so we had a lot of games on slate we had um atlanta we had atlanta edging out the carolina panthers 25 to 17 and it's just sad to see what's happening in philly in philly right now to see that they're getting i'm sorry in dallas i'm sorry just going out scoring more field goals can't get in the end zone and Danucci um, actually held his own looking horrible, but so did Carson Wentz. That was all about defense in that game. Carson Wentz looked just as bad as a third string quarterback. So they edged him out 23 to nine. The Chicago Bears lose to New Orleans 26 to 23. The Seahawks, DK Metcalf, just, just looking dominant with Russell Wilson as the leading, one of the leading MVP candidates. They stomp on San Francisco 49ers to 37 to 27. DK with a huge game and big fantasy numbers. And Russell Wilson, once again, just leading all quarterbacks with fantasy points. 
And then my buddy, he's a big time Broncos fan. He was happy to take that trip up to Denver to watch his team, the Broncos, edge out the Chargers 31 to 30. And the Buffalo Bills reigning supreme in the AFC East, beating New England Patriots light, light minute in the game where Cam Newton just did a late game fumble to fumble away their chances possibly of even making it to the postseason 24 to 21. And the Cincinnati Bengals, the bottom team in the AFC North, doing some real business against Tennessee now. They're, they're juggernaut running back, and Henry still had a great game for your fantasy guys, but they lost 31 to 20. And the Bengals making some noise, and Tennessee is now on a two-game skid after going undefeated for the first five weeks. Now they're 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 they've lost two straight. So we got to see what happens next on that one. So moving right along, um, it was a snooze fest over in Cleveland. Cleveland is showing us who they we are, they are who we thought they were. They lost to my Raiders 16 to six in a very rainy contest. And then you had the Colts. Surprisingly, the Colts are doing big things this year. They beat up pretty bad on the Detroit Lions, who had a great win last week, but they lose this week to the Colts, 41 to 20. And then moving right along, we had the surprise game of the week where the Minnesota Vikings actually had a great game behind their power back and Dalvin Cook, who's having a great season. Last year was his breakout year. This year he's continuing. And guess what? Who's on my fantasy team? He is. They beat the Packers 28 to 22. And I also have Aaron Rodgers as well. I started him over Mahomes. He had a great game, but Mahomes had something serious. We'll get to that just in a little bit. But Dalvin Cook with five total touchdowns, four of them rushing. He had a monster day. So if you had him on your team and your team still lost, your team sucks because Dalvin Cook gave up <laughs> some for some teams half the points on their teams. Moving right along. The Chiefs, the Super Bowl defending champion Chiefs demolished the Jets. The Jets might as well be inside of the NFC East, let alone the AFC East, because they're getting smashed all around the league. Um, the, the the Chiefs with Mahomes once again putting up big numbers, 35 to 9. Tyreek Hill also putting up big numbers also on my team. Let's talk about this next game, which was Miami versus the Rams. This was another surprise game. And that defense for Miami is doing something really serious. That head coach has turned this team around, changing the culture. When Miami beat the Rams 28 to 17, a lot of different turnovers in that game. Miami's defense and fantasy put up some huge numbers, scoring two touchdowns and doing a lot of other things as well with interceptions, sacks and fumble recoveries. Pittsburgh Steelers still now the only unbeaten team with their rival Baltimore Ravens, beating them, edging them out 28 to 24. Once again, a lot of turnovers in that game with their MVP quarterback. So we had a lot of good things on horizon. We talked about fantasy a little bit. We want to go ahead and, and address the games coming up next week. So let's take a look. Let's do some projections for next week, shall we? All right. So next week, the slate looks pretty good. Um, our Thursday night game is going to be one of the better Thursday night games we had this season. Green Bay is looking to bounce back against the 49ers. And they see who can win that one, edge that one out. I think the, the Packers step, step back up again and beat out the 49ers. The 49ers having a lot of injuries. So expect the Packers to beat the 49ers. I say the Packers win by 10, 30 to 20. Uh, let's only go to the key matchups. 
the Titans versus the Bears early on. I feel like the Bears are going in the wrong direction with Nick Foles. They might have to start Trubisky all over again, which is unorthodox to bench a quarterback. They bring him back in midway. But if they want to save their season, they might have to do that. I see the Titans actually um, edging them out by by six. I say they beat them 33 to 27, all behind Derrick Henry and Tannehill. Um, moving right along, let's see another key matchup. I see the Chiefs just really running over the Panthers, but I think that is this is the week that we should expect to see their um, their top top back in the Panthers coming back this year. Um, totally, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name, but we all know who he is. Their their running back, Mike Davis, should be benched or getting less less touches and should get most of the touches back to their running back. I honestly forgot his name. I'm sorry, guys. And moving right along, one of the key matchups should be Ravens versus Colts. Uh, Ravens at Colts. I give the edge to Colts. They're actually playing very well behind with Phillip Rivers behind center. And Ravens, I don't know, they're kind of iffy right now. Their, their receivers are not looking strong. But they, they do have Dez Bryant in their camp right now. Who knows if he actually might get the call up to start playing because they can use all the help they can get. Uh, Seahawks versus Bills looks like it could be a great matchup. 6-1 versus the 6-2 Bills. Um, they're going to be in Buffalo. The weather's not supposed to be favorable to Seattle, so we'll see if DK and Lockett can still get the job done against um, the Bills, who have a really good run defense. So let's see what happens there. And my Raiders have a divisional matchup against the Chargers. Now, the Chargers' record is not indicative of how good they are. They're 2-5. and five. I believe the Raiders at 4-3. and three. This is a They need this win after beating the Browns because they're going to be in contention for that, wild, that final wild card spot, so they need to make this a win. Um, the Steelers are going to keep going in the feed as they're going to roll over Cowboys. And finally, let's go over to, well, no, 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 no let's not skip. Um, the Dolphins versus Cardinals, that's going to be a great matchup. With the Dolphins playing great defense and the Cardinals with Hopkins and and and, and their, their uh, rookie quarterback should do some big things there. And the Buccaneers, you're going to have Tom Brady in the Sunday night game versus Drew Brees. That's going to be something to watch. I say everyone tune in. They're going to be in Tampa. And that's going to be lights out. Um, I'm not sure who's going to win that game. I will give it to the Bucks since they're at home. I'll make them a plus four in my book. So uh, I'll say that they win 28-24 over the Saints. Um, and finally, we have Monday Night Football. And that's going to be a snooze fest once again. It's a divisional matchup versus the Patriots and the Jets. Monday Night Football is getting all the crappy games right now. Even though last night's game was pretty good. I still say crappy because of the fact that the type of caliber teams we're looking at and to have an 0-8 Jets versus a 2-5 Patriots does not seem intriguing in my book. So I'm not enthused about that game. So let's go into the standings. We actually skipped over that. We just breezed right through that. Let's go back to the standings. So right now we have the AFC East is ran by the Bills right now, but the, the, the Dolphins are right behind them, so they're not too far behind at 4-3. And we have the AFC West, where the Chiefs are reigning supreme at seven and one, and you have the Raiders behind them at four and three. They're really trying to get that final wild card spot, but it may be tough because you have the AFC North. We have the undefeated Steelers at seven and zero, but the Ravens are five and two, and the Browns are at five and three. So that's their competition's the Browns. But you know, we'll see. The Browns has a lot of talent on paper. But who knows how they're going to fare late in the season. Then you have the AFC South that has the Titans and the Colts at five and two. So once again, like I said, my Raiders are going to have a tough time. So we have to see how they can get through that. Moving on to the NFC East, we have the NFC least. 
where the Eagles run that division at three, four, and one. Very awkward situation there. Unprecedented that a team, teams with records this poor and a team like the Eagles may finish below 500 and make the playoffs and host a game. Because if you win a division, if you win your division, top team in your division, you are the home team in the first round. They might need to change that to where if you win your division, yes, you automatically get a bid, but then you should be seeded by your record. So based on the record and how good you are, even if you're a team who didn't win your division, if you are a superior team and have more wins, you should be hosting. That's just how I look at it. They might want to look to start to do that next season. In the NFC West, you have the Seahawks at six and one leading that division, but only by a hair over the Cardinals who are five and two. But then you have the Rams at five and three and the 49ers at four and four. Easily the best division in all of football. You have the NFC North where the Packers are five and two, but the Bears are right behind them at five and three. But I think they're going to continue to make a slide like I chose them to lose next week. And you have the NFC South where the Buccaneers, no shocker there, is above that division at six and two, but the Saints are right there at five and two. So that's going to be a huge matchup once again Sunday night. So that is our standings right now in the league. Let's talk a little bit about fantasy. We talked a little bit about it a second ago. We talked about Dalvin Cook. We talked about the Miami uh, Dolphins defense. Um, we even talked about Russell Wilson. So let's see what happened this week with the quarterbacks. The top scorers all around were Patrick Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, Russell Wilson. And once again, I talked about the Dolphins defense. Let's see who the top quarterbacks were, okay? We've already mentioned Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson with other quarterbacks we can look out for. Phillip Rivers had a great week. Aaron Rodgers had a typical Aaron Rodgers week, but I told you guys about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was a free agent just three weeks ago in a lot of leagues, but a lot of people after listening to my show looks like they picked him up literally, literally that same week. He's picked up, he's, gonna, he's in over 80% of the leagues right now. With the running backs, my running back, Dalvin Cook, and actually also Patrick Mahomes is my quarterback as well that I have in my fantasy league. Dalvin Cook demolished it. He lapped everyone more than two times the next person, which was Zach Moss in Buffalo. He had that many, that much more points. Derrick Henry's in there. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, who's in there every now and again. Naheem Hines, surprisingly up there. He's a free agent in a lot of leagues, but he was top three. But I, I wouldn't trust that. He was a one-hit wonder. I've had him before. He's actually on a down year from last year. So if you if you need him, if you have some injuries and you need um, some extra picks in your flex, go ahead and pick up Hines. And then you have as your wide receivers, your top wide receivers, we covered, already covered one, and DK Metcalf, he's on one of my teams. Devontae Adams is actually on another one of my teams, and Tyreek Hill is actually on another one of my teams. So guess what? I had a great week. I did cut Jakeem Grant, and he had a great week. He did some special teams work, and he, he he did some special things. So he's up there in the top, and Corey Davis from Tennessee is also up there as well. Robert Woods snuck in there from the Rams. So let's move over to I'm, – I'm skipping tight ends. I'm skipping tight ends. It's just, just, it's just no point. Uh, because there's only like three of them so who cares right that's why i created a league where you have double flexes and cut the tight ends out but i might bring them back next year we'll see once again the dolphins this is a big week for defense so we're going to talk about it this this week defense and special teams did some spectacular things this week we have the dolphins had a huge week with two touchdowns two interceptions two fumble recoveries two sacks 
I mean, they did everything. It, it, it was just it was just a spectacle to see if you had the Dolphins as your defense and they're actually free agents in one of my leagues and, and they're not actually high picks in a lot of leagues. And they've been doing well. The last three weeks, the Dolphins have put up double-digit points in defense and special teams. So if you don't have them, pick them up. The Colts have been consistent all year with great defensive and special teams play. The Eagles, when you have a division as bad as the NFC lease, it's okay to pick up one of the defenses over there is a short shot except unless you have the uh the cowboys who are getting beat by teams outside of the division pretty royally so you want to stay away from them but the eagles did well this week but the steelers i have them in one of my leagues steelers did great and the saints did great it was a lot of defenses and special teams putting up big numbers this weekend so that was a good shout out for them but like i said before pick up the dolphins if you don't have them and everyone else i'm sure has already picked up those other defenses that are reigning supreme right now this past week now let's finally look at kickers because you know what they play football too and if you have a good kicker they can make or break you so we have ryan Sukup, who just had a phenomenal game this week uh, this monday night yesterday and he put up big numbers 15 points which is a surprise because we expected tampa tom to put the ball in the end zone more often but he got a lot of field goals in there from distance um michael bagley badly <laughs> from the chargers is up there finally um santos is being reoccurring santos is up here top three top four every week from the chicago bears because they can't get the ball in the end zone and will lutz is up there again as well and then once again i brought up young hoku young hoku had another good week so he's available in a lot of leagues so i think you guys should start paying attention and picking him up so with that we're going to take a short break see you guys in a little bit this is the time is now All right, it's that time. It's the happy birthday segment, so let's go. We have Kendall Jenner turning 25, and we have P. Diddy, take that, take that, take that, turning 51, and Ella Mae, pop singer, turning 26, and Ralph Macchio, the karate kid, or as my grandma would say, karachi kid, turning 59, and we have Jocelyn Hernandez, Stevie, Stevie, why you treat me so bad, Stevie, turning 34, we have Matthew McConaughey turning 51. We have Des Bryant turning 32. We have Kathy Griffin. Wow, she's turning 60. We have Odell Beckham Jr. Please get well soon, Odell, turning 28. And we have Kevin Jonas of the Jonas Brothers turning 33. And we have Chris Jenner, the mother of all the Jenners and the Kardashians, turning 65. And we have Luke Hemsworth, who is the big brother to Thor, turning 39. And we have French Montana, huh? turning 36. We have Gordon Ramsay, the chef, turning 54. And we have Lamar Odom, wow, turning 41. And we have Lord in Diamonds on the Thing, turning 24. And we have SZA, turning 31. That's almost it. We have an honorable mention, my baby girl, Maya Stafford, turning seven this week. So that's it this week for the birthdays. Now, back to our show. all right welcome back welcome back all right so i want to talk about some baseball and we're going to get into some basketball but first 
this weekend, we had a fight night, guys. Gervonta Tank Davis. What he did to Leo Santa Cruz has to be considered the knockout of the year. Gervonta Tank Davis living up to the name as he was going blow for blow versus Leo Santa Cruz. And with a close bout going all the way into the sixth round where Gervonta Davis with a mean left uppercut just rocked his world, went night, night to sleep. You saw Mayweather Jr. jumping out of his seat, which is his camp. Um, Javante Davis right now is just looking, he's looking unstoppable with uh, 25 wins, 24 by knockout. I mean, he's knocking everyone out in his path. He's not typical like Mayweather, even though Mayweather is the one who's inspiring him and is training him and so forth. He's a knockout artist. He doesn't dodge anyone. I think if he can start to take on a little bit of the defense of Mayweather, he'll be unstoppable in the lightweight division. He has power in both hands. This man is exciting to watch, and he himself has said it. He is here for the pay-per-view, guys. I mean, Javante Davis, I've watched him for a while, but I guess a lot of you guys really putting you all on notice that he is here and he's here to stay. Everyone, watch out. What an exciting fight. If you didn't get a chance to see it, it may come back on on one of the, um, the channels, maybe either HBO or Showtime, I'm not sure, because it was aired on The Zone. So who knows? Great fight. Javante Davis um, needs to have better defense, like I said, like Floyd, but his power is undeniable and he has a he has a chin like a tank. So talking about baseball, my goodness, the championship is back where it belongs in Los Angeles. I love L.A. Do 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 do. We love it. It's feeling like 1988. The Lakers are on top. The Dodgers are on top. The, the Lakers put put together a trade and in one season with Anthony Davis winning it all with LeBron James. The Dodgers, been on top for a while, can never get over the hump. This is their third row series in the last four or is it five years? And they finally took one home, no asterisks to stop them. No, 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 none of that junk. They got Mookie Betts from the Red Sox, signed him to a long-term deal. And guess what? They won it all. Now, I felt like Mookie deserved the, the, the World Series MVP, but he's still in line to win the league MVP. So it's interesting he can win the league MVP, even though they were just looking at home runs and RBIs, but Mookie did everything. His, his home run stealing, meaning when he was playing outfield and stealing those home runs, those, those outfield catches to, to get people down at, uh, at, to stop the double plays, and just all the different things, the stealing of the bases, he did it all. So I felt that he was robbed. I mean, I knew in the NLCS it was closer. It was not as close. But for the finals, uh, for the World Series MVP, I believe that should have went to Mookie Betts. Because without Mookie, without Mookie, we don't win it all this year in L.A. We don't win it all. But like I said before, he's, he's one of the finalists. He's the leading finalist candidate for the National League MVP. Mookie. Thank you. We appreciate you. And you took us over the hump. We've had Kershaw for years, but finally we got someone like yourself. Even though I still miss Puig, but this team right here is stacked, and we're going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. I can't go off this topic without talking about Justin Turner, 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 Turner. What he did, um, I thought that was very selfish. I, I did have comments to say about him having the, the COVID test 
come back as a, a false positive or whatever you what have you and then coming back out and then they pulling him in the end of the seventh and um you know when the dodgers originally uh, uh, inevitably won it he wanted to come back on the field to celebrate with his team this is the thing as i understand that he had it obviously he was positive the whole time he had just contracted in the middle of the game and um he's like what's the point i've already been around everyone but i hear other arguments over the past week and understanding what it really was he was putting everyone else that was not on his staff at risk that was not in his clubhouse at risk as you on the field with everyone else other officials um other family members who are not in the dugout with you who you know so who don't have a choice in the matter i thought that was very selfish especially him being part of the um the players association he should know better he was part of the rules making of the rule that's going to have him banned to go to the dugout now at the end of the day he's just a player i understand totally any of us would have done the same thing he's been there all these years he's been one of the heart and soul of the team so he's going to want to be there the problem they had is twofold first in the nba in their bubble the reason why they never had any positive tests because they were very strict in the rules so they were already mixing commingling in their bubbles and they obviously weren't testing more um rigorously rigorous rigorously but the main issue was once he had that um that false negative or positive whatever you want to call it once he had the discrepancy in his test result they should have yanked him he should have never played in the game and in the nba that's exactly what the rule stated if you were if you weren't allowed to go into the training camp facility if that little thing on your wrist was red and you, and you had some inconclusive tests or you were missing a test or what have you, you were un, unable to move around in the bubble. You were unable to get onto the court. That's the difference. So the fact that he was even allowed to play with a false negative or positive, whatever you want to call it, should have made it clear to that where he wouldn't even been in a situation to do so. But I understand they wanted to, you know, give him the opportunity to play, but no, that's where they dropped the ball initially. Now, secondly, when they actually found out that he was positive and they notified them right away. He should have been removed from the stadium. He was still in the clubhouse. That's a problem. And they didn't want to physically stop him from what he was doing. So it, it was really um, Major League Baseball. And luckily the Dodgers won it that night last Tuesday, or this would have been a big situation because then you might have to even postpone game seven, depending on the test results of the rest of the players because it could have been an outbreak. And you didn't want that to happen on your watch. But going back to this feeling like 88, back in 88 when everything was great, the Dodgers finished, um, the Lakers finished their back-to-back and the Dodgers with Gibson with his fist pumps and everything like that. And and you see Tommy Lasorda and all the guys coming out from the dugout and, and just the nostalgia. And I just go back to 88 because back in 88, man, I was feeling great. I was feeling great because, and I went online to talk about this, but I'll share this with you guys. I was feeling great. Because in 87, when the Lakers won it with Magic and Kareem and all that, and then Pat Riley goes on the stadium, says we're gonna win it again, win it all again next year. And he makes that look. And I, 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 during those finals when I fell in love with basketball, when I started to actually watch it, I should say. And I was introduced to the game at the tender age of six. And I was like, wow, this game is interesting. My first shot was the Skyhook. And I was like, wow, so now I have a whole season under my belt in 88, 87, 88. I started to watch sports with my dad. And I watched the Lakers all season. And they won it all, you know, that summer, the next summer in 88. 
and for years, you know, I had two older sisters, Michaela and Melita, my older sisters and, and Melita, we grew up close together. We were like, like roughly three years apart and she never really wanted me around. I was her kid brother, always getting into things and embarrassing her in front of her friends. So I've always asked my parents, I want a brother, I want a brother, I want someone I can play with. And guess what? August of 88, my brother was born. My baby brother, Elgin Lou Stafford was born. And later on in October, a couple months later, the Dodgers won and football was starting and we we're watching the Raiders. And it just brought me all these great feels. 88 was such a magical year. You know, Michael Jackson on top, my favorite artist of all times. Um, you have my Lakers, I'm falling in love with basketball. I'm, I'm starting to love football. I fell in love with baseball because we're the city of champions and I have a baby brother. The nostalgia was real. So it took me back to that time. And it just reminded me of all the blessings, even though my brother has long gone past his 2012 due to mental health issues. I had tears in my eyes flowing, but it was still good feels nonetheless. Um, just to remember that time of, of, of greatness, the time when I actually fell in love with sports. So thank you Dodgers for bringing me back to a time of complete bliss and zeal and you know any of those you guys dealing with mental health issues i pray for you all and i want you guys all to come out on the other side of that moving on to the nba in the nba there's so many things to talk about first and foremost the nba draft is on november 18th which is coming up soon a couple of weeks there's a lot of talks about who's going to go number one and they're talking about mellow mellow ball they're saying that Minnesota might actually keep their pick and have the backcourt with Mellow Ball playing alongside with um, former Laker player um, D'Angelo Russell. I can actually see that working. Now, they say that D'Angelo's ball dominant, but he's a more of a shooter than a passer. I think Mellow and D'Angelo are similar players, except for the fact that Mellow may have more of an upside than um, D'Angelo, but D'Angelo was coming off a year when he was actually a... Um, first time all-star so this could be interesting so Melo's obviously the most talented player in the draft but they also say another player coming out of Georgia um, and Anthony Edwards is actually touted to go third overall to the Charlotte Hornets they might actually pick him up now the, now Charlotte has some guys like Graham and they, they have a uh, scary scary uh scary Terry down there so that's gonna be a crowded backcourt but they say a player like Anthony Edwards is going to be the next D Wade. So you can't pass up on that. So I, I can see him going there and them not trading that pick away. And we're going to talk about picks being traded a little bit later. But let's go ahead. And they're talking about Wiseman going fifth overall to Cleveland. Wiseman out of Memphis. Now, that sounds pretty interesting. And that sounds like they're going to keep that pick. I was hoping that um, maybe the Warriors are going to pick him and keep him, or it's going to be a lot of moving. We, we, we really don't know. All we can do is speculate. Now, free agency, when is that? Because not until free agency can we start to see where the dominoes are going to fall, who's going to go where. So there's going to be a lot of things to look at because as they're trying right now to start the season December 22nd as a season opener, which will leave them less than three months since the season has completed. Now, this is the thing. They had four months off, never had so much time off before. So that's what's going up against them. You had 22 teams in a bubble, but majority of those teams are a good portion of those teams were gone over two months ago, over three months ago. So they had their considerate time to be gone. 
And then you have the other teams who didn't make the bubble, the other eight teams who have not played since March. So if you look at it in, in its totality, this is really only going to hurt, if you will, the teams in the finals, Miami Heat and the, and the Lakers, where you had players like Danny Green stating that, oh, I can see LeBron Hughes in the 18th season. He, I can see him not even showing up for the first month. Maybe it was tongue-in-cheek because that makes no sense. Um, LeBron takes immense care of his body. is well-documented. He spends over a million dollars a year on his body. He will be fine. First, like I stated before, all the extra time off, they will be fine. The And then also, too, they're not going to miss their ring ceremony. So that's just city. Now, what they may do is actually embark on some serious Kawhi Leonardisms and do some load management for the first month of the season. You may see LeBron playing 30 minutes a game. You might see him taking time during the game to give the ball to Rondo if he still comes back. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But just to let people, other people handle the ball while he takes his breaks during the game, which a lot of the big stars back in the days used to do. You saw the Jordans and the Kobe's used to do that, let other people handle the ball while they can take breaks intermittently throughout the game. Another reason why they need to bring the season back earlier than later, as the players are trying to get the games to start after on MLK, but you don't want to give up the Christmas time slot because the football team, the NFL is trying to move into that spot for some time, and you don't want to relinquish that. You've already you don't have Thanksgiving, you don't have New Year's, you don't have a lot of these different things. Christmas has been the NBA's day. That's been their day. That's been like their coming out party. That's the time where people start actually watching the NBA. It's on Christmas Day. So you don't want to lose that first. Second, you don't want to reduce the amount of games you play in the season because of money from TNT, ESPN, and, and ABC. You don't want to lose that marketing money. You're gonna, you could potentially lose up to $600 million on TV money. You don't want to do that. Because guess what, guys? It affects your CBA. <laughs> it's going to affect your contracts moving forward which we're going to bring that into play as well because people are not really understanding what the cap will be, what it will adjust to, how much money they have to play with. It could restrict the free agent market of people being gun shy, how much they want to spend this offseason, which could actually work in the Lakers benefit. We will talk about that. So if you don't want to reduce the games, the amount of games, you don't want to push it back to MLK because guess what? The Olympics have been pushed back to next year. And you can't run the season into the Olympics. It's not just for the, the USA teams, the international teams. You all the top international players, you got Luka and you have Jokic and players of the elk like that who won't be able to play on their playoff teams because they're playing for their country. So it's it, you're really in a tough spot. So it looks like the NBA most likely will start the week of Christmas and everyone needs to get over it and just be happy that you guys are getting paid big top dollars. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME 
for a free consultation. That's promo code time. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. Okay. Now, what they're also talking about, too, is that they may not have an all-star game. So it's a lot going on. The, the training camp's December 1st. You know, it's 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 a lot crammed in there. So, you know, I think they're going to pony up and play December 22nd because they don't want to lose out all that money because that's going to affect, especially the people at the bottom of the mid-level people, it's going to affect their money tremendously. People like LeBron, those guys will be just fine. So... Speaking more on to that, let's talk about some potential movements in the league. Like I talked about before, Melo Ball is looking to be drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves, number one overall. There's maybe some movement, too, where they're talking about rumors are saying that Oladipo may get somehow get traded to the Bucks. A lot of these playoff, what we're going to talk about is a lot of these playoff teams from this year or those bubble-type teams or the teams are on the uprise or maybe looking to make some moves to give themselves a chance because we all know that the the dubs are coming back and you're going to have teams like Brook, uh, Brooklyn trying to make some noise and we're already going to talk a little bit about the Knicks trying to move into some contention to make um you know they don't want to lose that fanfare to Brooklyn so they're talking about Oladipo possibly going to the Bucks that'll be interesting we've also heard talks that Drew Holiday I've called this for a while because of Lonzo Ball they want to him to emerge with the Pelicans and they're talking about uh, uh, re-signing Ingram as a restricted free agent. So if you're having so much money on the books, you got to move some pieces and you got to take the ball out of Drew's hand and put it into Lonzo Ball's hand because he plays better with um, the new kid with Zion. So Drew's possibly going to the Heat. He will fit perfectly with the Heat. A lot of those young players with Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero looking to be moved to the young Pelicans. They can all blossom and grow together. It gives the Pelicans more depth. Give them more shooting because I, I don't know what they're going to do with J.J. Reddick. He's just getting old. So you're going to have more shooting. Have a, um, have a new coach, another system. I think they will fit perfectly with the Pelicans, and I think Drew will fit perfectly with, with, with Jimmy Butler because the way they're playing him right now, he may not last too long, and his contract's coming up in another year or so. Um, with all the things Lakers trying to possibly get Bradley Bill, it looks like that may not happen uh, because I think that if the Nuggets get into the mix, that kicks the Lakers right out because the type of player that the Lakers would try to send would be someone like Kuzma. But if you can have a chance of getting the young gun at uh, Michael Porter Jr. And with 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 um, the Wizards, that's a better pick than Kuzma. So that would just completely kick them out of it. And they have a lot of good players that can move. They have better pieces than the Lakers. They have better assets than the Lakers to move to get Bradley Bill. And for some of Bradley Bill's caliber, the Wizards are going to look for the best overall option. I think trying to get a budding superstar like Michael Porter Jr. be the ticket for that. And sending Bill over there could be a big, big move to have Bill with Jamal Murray and with Jokic. My goodness. Sticking with the Nuggets, um, Jermaine Grant, he opted out. And he was scheduled to get over $14 million. So he's obviously looking to get more money. Now, this is the thing. It's a lot of interesting pieces to be moved here. So let's let's talk about this. They're talking about maybe Jamar Grant going to the Suns. The Suns are looking for a perimeter defender like him, long and lanky. Now, he fits the same type of player as Kelly Oubre. But Kelly Oubre is more of an offensive type player. 
So, and he was injured a lot. So to have someone like Jemai Grant may work, but Kelly Oubre still there. So what do you do? Ha ha. Now, and he's still under contract. Kelly Oubre is looking to be packaged maybe to go to the Warriors. The Warriors are looking for a player of his caliber, and they may be looking to move that high pick. Kelly Oubre is getting paid the same type of money as, 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 as Grant, so they can move him in there quite easily as a free agent signing with the extra money they're going to have by trading away Kelly Oubre to, and then also picking up that number two pick. And they can get another great asset, a young player there. So the Suns, with having Booker, first-time All-Star, and you have um, Alton as well, um, DeAndre um, Ayton, I'm sorry, not Alton, Ayton as a budding, budding big man star, going to be one of the top five big men in the league. He just, people forget, he was suspended for majority of the league last year, for majority of the season. So he's going to have a breakout year this year. If you look at his stats, if you play NBA, fantasy you see this guy's a double double machine he gets some shot blocks up there as well so if you get signed grant and you get that number two pick and move kelly Oubre, that's something serious and the suns could be a serious contender taking that eighth or seventh seed so these teams at the bottom have to make some moves teams like the portland trailblazers who really just can't get over the hump they actually took a step back this year yes he had a lot of injuries but they're looking about moving a lot of those pieces along with cj mccullum over to brooklyn Imagine C.J. McCollum with with Kyrie and KD. I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot, a whole lot of shaking going on in the NBA. And the Knicks are looking to do whatever they can. They really want to get Melo Ball, but um, it's not looking that way. It looks like Minnesota actually may draft him one, and they may not draft uh, move off that. So if that's the case, the Knicks are looking to move a lot of their pieces to get Chris Paul. And to get Chris Paul be huge for the city of New York, they'll move some of their irrelevant pieces, but they can be good elsewhere. And to get that that cap hit off of OKC's book, which they're looking to do because they are looking to retool that franchise. Another big move you may see to happen is Miles Turner going to the Celtics is what's rumored right now. Miles um, Turner to the Celtics makes all the sense in the world for them to have a big man who can actually defend. That's what got them booted out against Miami is that, you know, bam, out of the bayou, as they like to say on ESPN, as um, uh, Kendrick Perkins likes to say, um, he he just really, he just beasted out on their big man. Those guys, these, they're good players, but they were unable to do what they needed to do. So Miles Turner, and also too, Miles Turner is, is, is in a jam pack with Sabonis, who made All-Star for the first time. So Miles Turner's looking to have more minutes, looking to have more of an impact. He's too good of a player to sit there behind Sabonis because they're they're kind of contradicting each other with Indiana. And also going on, we already talked about Indiana with Oladipo going to the Bucks. The Lakers have long time been rumored to get Rose. Now to get, um, to get Rose, Derrick Rose, will be a great get for them. They want a guard who can create they want someone to take the ball out of LeBron's hands. They want LeBron to age gracefully of his next two years of his contract. So getting Derrick Rose is a great get. They are obviously, like I said, move Kuzma, send Kuzma back home. Most likely send Danny Green package with them. And another asset, they're probably talking about sending over Caruso as well. Rondo may get signed by the Clippers. He already opted out from not receiving $2.8 million from the Lakers. However, the Clippers don't have a lot of um, money to spend on free agents, so they won't be able to offer more than the Lakers. So it'll be interesting to see if the Lakers just choose to keep him. And we still haven't heard if Bradley Beal is going to opt in or opt out. So that would be a that would be a big time move if Bradley Beal opts out. The Lakers may get 
to trade for Rose and keep Rondo and just have those two in their backcourt. And Bradley, it all depends what Bradley Bill, not Bradley Bill, what Avery Bradley does. So Avery Bradley would be a key contributor because I don't know if Rondo's interested in being in a crowded backcourt. But that's the situation he will be with Shamit and, 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 and Pat Bev and all those guys and Lou Will. That's the situation they'll be in. So it, it's really intriguing to see what's going to happen. If anything, if the Lakers lose Rondo, they may lose Rondo to a team you're not even thinking about. A team with cap space who can definitely use uh, a veteran point guard in their locker room to possibly start for them or at least bare minimum come off the bench playing over 30 minutes a game. So that's what's probably going to happen. That's what the mix up is. And that's the getting down in the NBA so far. So a whole lot of shaking going on. We'll talk more about this next week. Got to bring this up. Last thing, last thing. Got to talk about this as um, Shaq was online he put together his all-time top five and on his all-time top five he has ai as his point guard he has kobe as his two he has jordan as his three or they could be interchangeable those two i'm not 100 sure it doesn't really matter they're on the same size same build and then he has lebron as his four and um then he has himself of course as the center he's like nobody's beating us and i've seen a lot of these joke people who having kareem as their four or hakeem olajuwon and they have all your dirk Nowitzki, ad i'm like what are you guys talking about and then their point guards are all these random people no one's even bringing up stockton nobody's bringing up malone Nobody's bringing up even Isaiah Thomas. I'm like, there's a lot of good teams that can contend against this team, but people are bringing up some random Gary Payton. <laughs> I'm seeing all kinds of trash. I'm like, do you guys know basketball? Do you guys understand that having Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Akeem Olajuwon on the same team, they're two pivot men? They said, oh, no, they played the front to the basket. I said, no, but they're pivot men. Akeem Olajuwon is one of the gurus of post moves. That's where Kobe Bryant took his post moves to the next level. So, <laughs> and then Kareem has the most unstoppable shot of all times, the sky hook. But where's the sky hook conducted? In the post. You can't run high low with two pivot men. At least the Lakers, not the Lakers, but at least Shaq's team has some form of spacing. Now, what people were saying, the, the, the problem with that team is you have too many ball hawks and, and AI, Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron. And then they say Shaq doesn't play enough defense. Let me, my argument is to this. Yes, these players are ball hogs, but these players are very highly intelligent. And they, LeBron to be, will be the pseudo point guard and will move the ball accordingly because we know AI's passing is not his forte. But to talk about Jordan and Kobe, I believe they will pick, they will choose their battles every night depending on the matchup. Those two guys, they're thought to be selfish, but you forget that Jordan passed the ball in key moments. Man, the game was on the line. Jordan was averaging over five assists a game in the finals, and, and Kobe was averaging over six assists a game in his career. Kobe actually has the most assists out of any shooting guard in NBA history, but he used to chuck up a lot of shots. He did that when he had to. When he played with Shaq, he got his fair share, but he was able to give all those lobs and assists to Shaq and to other players like Derek Fisher and Pau Gasol. So the, 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 the misnomer that these guys wouldn't pass is just foolish. 
They would pass the ball very well. They actually move the ball fluidly and they would destroy any team coming up against them. Now, if we want, and then don't forget how you, you had Kobe on the USA team. He was like a defense. He, he's like, okay, I have, I have LeBron. I got Melo. I got D Wade. I'm going to be the defensive guy on this team. I'm going to be the stopper. And that's what he did. And I think they would do the same thing. Him, you have Kobe and Jordan is better than Kobe and Pippen by far. So just that alone. And then Shaq would dominate anyone. He would back down everyone and just dominate them and back them down and dunk on everyone. It wouldn't even be fair. And Shaq averaged over three blocks a game in the finals. So let's not even go there. Shaq, when he needed to, would play great defense and even better offense. So if you want to come up with a real team that can possibly contend and beat that team, I have one. Tell me if you can beat this. At the one, you have Magic Johnson. At the shooting guard, you have Clay Thompson, probably one of the best, one of the streakiest, one of the most microwavable shooting guards of all times. This man scored 37 points in a quarter. That's better than Wilt Chamberlain. That's better than Kobe Bryant. That's better than Michael Jordan. Some of the best scorers of all time. Clay Thompson did that. This man scored over 60 points when he only dribbled the ball six times. He has one of the best pure shots in NBA history. Top two shooter of all times. That's Clay Thompson. Don't forget about him. Put some respect on his name. And then you have Kevin Durant. I don't need to say anything else. Kevin Durant is arguably one of the top players of all time top three small forward of all time. I could easily put um, Larry Bird there, but Kevin Durant's a better defender and longer and, and lankier. And we already know Clay Thompson played great defense, one of the best two-way players, once again, that's not talked about in this league. You'll see him come back next year, mark my words. You have Tim Duncan, the best power forward of all time. A seven-foot power forward, the great fundamental, will destroy any other power forward you put up against him. He's a, he's a matchup nightmare. And then finally, you have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, my GOAT. The best player in basketball history the unstoppable shot but you put him in his rifle position at center he's a pivot man seven foot two center that guy leading scorer of all times top three in blocks top three in rebounds the best collegiate player of all times rucker We do not own the rights to this music. Twenty twenty serial killers. SOS. Summer of Sam. Yeah. SOS. Check a bitch on sight. Times may change, tigers can't change they stripes. Past may cross, other past should not. We the gang, gang, the gang. We all we got. We are 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 all we got. We the gang, gang, the gang. We all we got. Education of self, generational wealth. Stimulus check on the first, shit'll be gone by the twelfth. The middle class is wiped out. America shut down, no NBA buckets, ain't no throwing no touchdowns. People living in fear along with their own thoughts, and that's a dangerous thing, cause niggas got no heart. The great white shark bite got blood in the water. Late night gunfights detained at the border. How the fuck they gon' find out a tiger in a zoo? Got this fucking COVID-19 virus before you. Okay, right. Something wrong with this shit, niggas eating shit sandwiches for internet clicks. Oh, what the fuck? 
We were sick before the virus hit Only the strongest steady minds will come up out of it There are dog days ahead So I pulled out the pen and pad And this is what it said S.O.S. Check a bitch on sight Times may change Tigers can't change their stripes Past may cross Other past should not We the gang gang The gang we all we got We are 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 all we got We the gang gang The gang we all we got I ain't feeling the news They got you confused and fearful Say your goodbyes His friends die You're tearful Political lies Through party lines And earful Leaving us behind Waving goodbye in the rear view People divided, not even the virus could unite us Pull us apart, it's an art of war meant to divide us Clearance the highest for a chosen few Overview, they don't give a fuck about no soul It's overdue for the time being Looking over you, watching you, clocking you Locking you in, you feeling blocking you You don't feel like talking to anyone You're so biased, and you're asking me the question Who the fuck got the virus? Cause they acting like we all infected Fear and paranoia fly in all directions Hamad Ari's death, that's Hamad and Lynch Made niggas pay up, pay homage and pay attention Take a look at what they cooking in the devil's kitchen That ain't chicken, that's a bunch of people dead missing We are way past too hard-headed to listen This is right here, right now, make a decision Now what the fuck you niggas mean That I can't go to work if I ain't got the vaccine Shit you wanna track and trace me This gon' end up in the motherfucking streets Watch S.O.S. Check a bitch on sight Times may change Tigers can't change they stripes Past may cross Other past should not We the gang gang The gang we all we got We are 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 all we got We the That was SOS Summer of Sam by Exhibit and Be Real of Cypress Hill. Uh, there's always so much to talk about, but this being election Tuesday, um, I'm going to focus my energy a little bit more on that. That's the type of song that was played before. And <clears throat> it's when I'm looking at the landscape of things, and I'm hearing about platinum plans, and I'm hearing all these different rappers coming out saying they support Trump, who's uh, obviously a well-known white supremacist. It's clear-cut. You can just Google it. You can just, if you just pay attention, you can see what his energy is. When you see, they, they say, oh, not all Trump supporters are white supremacists. Not all Trump supporters are angry and, and upset. However, how come all the angry and upset white supremacists or Trump supporters. I would say that. Um, I have people in my own family who are Trump supporters. I'm not really a political type person, but this person right here is, is barring on my freedoms. And he's allowing the people who want to see my family dead and hunt from trees and, and George Floyd. I'm going to make it as, as an adjective now. I'm, they, I want, they want to see me like that. These are the people who back your president, your 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 uh, commander in tweets, the orange man. And I see them, I see these rappers and everyone else, and 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 people in my own community, people who I used to call friends. I say used to because I block some of them, who are bamboozled and run amok, and 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 believe that this person has their our best interests at heart. And they're, they're using tools to to persuade those people to blind them. People who are not even 
a part of the political picture. People who don't vote. Some people who've never voted before. And they're talking about taxes. and That's not my interest. But what, what you don't understand is your interest is your people. And if you have a good accountant, you can get through those taxes. And they're concerned about all the wrong things. And they're bamboozled. And you have this platinum plan when he's talking about rolling that out. And I'm like, you had four years to do it. I feel insulted. Because you're using it to pander my vote. And you have a lot of vague things in it. If you haven't read it, read it. It might be too late. A lot of people have already voted. But read it nonetheless. And you're pandering to the black community who is a very small percentage of this nation. Where a high percentage of our black men are incarcerated. And the ones who are released because they're felons, they feel like they don't have the right to vote. And for some years, they don't. We have to have passed laws now to get that reversed. Because the system is not set up for us to win. Why are us incarcerated at such a higher number? For crimes many of them didn't commit. Watch the movie Just Mercy. It highlights that. For some that were petty crimes, but they're still incarcerated. With people who do not look like us who commit the same crimes or are never incarcerated. And if incarcerated with less time, why is that? You know, they talk about what Biden did in the crime bill and how many black people incarcerated. They talk about what Kamala Harris did in, in, in the Bay and being the DA and all the people that she incarcerated. So they're using that as a tool to, to persuade people of color not to vote for them. And all this stuff is just political manipulation. And I think as a community, we need to stand up, but that's the problem. We don't have a community. I think as a community, we need to actually do something and formalize, but that's the problem. We don't have a community. We have no base. We have nothing we can link to. We need a community where we can build from. Name a black community that's out there. We used to have them, but we, do we have them now? Name one. Where I'm at in Los Angeles, we're all spread apart. But they have several communities, but not one black one. We have Baldwin Hills, there's a few blocks. We used to have Compton and Watts, no longer, those are all Hispanic. They have East LA, you got Chinatown, you even got Little Senegal. You have a Jewish community over in LA. You even have an Armenian community over there in Glendale. But where is there the black community? There's no black communities anywhere. We're scattered here and there. So without a black community, we can't cycle the black daughter. We don't have an infrastructure. We don't have anything to build on. So the first thing we need to do is build our black communities. First, give our young men a place to come home to that they can build upon, where we have our own uh, police force. We have our own uh, businesses. We have an infrastructure where the money doesn't leave that community. We need a community first. We use that first level of community to now we can start backing our own politicians from the literal grassroots. Now you have people in position of power who can speak on our behalf, who know the things that we are looking for, for the changes we need to make. We cannot only vote during the executive election for the presidential election. You look at your ballot, there's so many people in your, in your local elections, in your local government, you have no idea who they are. The different judges and, and, and the different 
uh, uh, police chiefs and things of that nature. You have no idea who they are. You know, you don't know who your alderman is. You don't know who your council member is. You have no idea who the mayor is till they're on the ballot. So we use to build our communities to start getting our politicians in place and positions of power to people who support the things, who, who want the things that you do. Now, with those politicians, now you have the political power with the lobbyists and things of that nature through your communities to now have the right police force and judges in place and the policies that could be done through those politicians. Now we have some reform that can come through that because now with our communities, we can choose and we can have power, financial power to now control what happens in our communities due to the laws that are passed through there and the police that police us. Black people don't have that. And the next thing we do after that, we need to have some form of media. All the different media outlets, how many of them do we have? We're 15% of the nation, but we're not 15% of the media. We have a couple of TV channels. We don't, have, we don't have any newspapers. We're a very small percent of the media and the media is gonna feed you all the information that you're receiving. The media has a lot of power. The media is what paints us in a negative light to the rest of the world. You can go to other countries right now who don't speak English but can look at me and call me a nigga. That's power. And we need to get more power in our media, control the things that we consume and we send and we show to our children. And the final thing we need after that, after all those things are going in motion, then is our education. A lot of us believe, oh, we need to get educated, educated, but we're not getting educated properly. Our priorities are mixed up. Our priorities are mixed up. We need to formulate our communities. We need to restructure our communities to give us the politicians from the grassroots who are then going to place influence on the polices and judges. Well, then now we can go ahead and, and develop our own media source. We will then lead to us with higher education. And then we'll have some true power and some true movement in this country and some final change after 400 years of no change. We need our communities back. We need to start some communities. What are you willing to do? Until next time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it this week, guys. Once again, this is Voter Tuesday, Voting Tuesday, Election Tuesday. So go out there and make your voices heard. Remember, um, if you like, please like, share, subscribe. Really appreciate all my listeners so far. Remember, once again, to make your voices heard. Now it's time for our final word. They spoke against God. They said, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, he struck the rock and water gushed out. Streams flowed abundantly. But can he also give us bread? Can he supply meat for his people? When the Lord heard them, he was furious. His fire broke out against Jacob and his wrath rose against Israel. For they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. Yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of heavens. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they can eat. He let loose the east winds from the heavens and by his power made the south wind blow. He rained meat down on them like dust. Birds like sand on the seashores. He made them come down inside their camp, all around their tents. They ate till they were gorged. 
he had given them what they craved. But before they turned from what they craved, even while the food was still in their mouths, God's anger rose against them. He put to death the sturdiest amongst them, cutting down the young man of Israel. In spite of all this, they kept on sinning. In spite of his wonders, they did not believe. So he ended their days in futility and their years in terror. Whenever God slew them, they would seek him. They eagerly turned to him again. They remembered that God was their rock, that God most high was their redeemer. Psalms 78, 19 through 35. Remember everyone, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.